I'll stand in between you. And uh, you were you talked last week about something that's happening here in town. And what is that? Our annual Love Twin Cities Outreach. Okay. Mm-hmm. And who gets to be a part of that? Well, <coughs> I can tell you that the Lord will be releasing his kingdom through this outreach. Mm-hmm. It's coming up here in just a couple weeks. Um, it is super awesome because it's a full week of corporate intimacy and prayer and worship. I know I shared on this a little bit uh, last week. And also, I know I also shared about how the Lord is always releasing revival through this outreach and pouring his spirit out on these last days. There's no question about that. Um, and with our, with what we're praying for here, it's just super exciting uh, this year. We need prayer intercessors. We need uh, messengers. And uh, we just need, uh, we need as much, as many people as we can to sign up. And so how many signed up last week? Uh, we had seven people sign up last week. Okay, and hey, we can get seven more this week. And I know that there's more because I was talking to a lot of people afterwards, and a lot of people were, were like, well, I don't really feel ready. Well, we need to be ready for revival. This is a perfect way to get ready for this. How many of those who went were ready when you went? <laughs> were you ready? Were you, Kansas, were you ready for that? Were you ready for that, Sarah? Would you say you were ready for it? Were you ready, Jacob? Dan- say no. Say no. no. Okay, that's, see? Not at all. Not at all. Was I ready for it? Not what God, would, not what God did. I wasn't ready for that. And that's I'm ready for what's that was the right answer. Maybe, yeah. Maybe different expectations, but not ready for what we experienced. But, yeah. but you said yes. Yeah. Yes, we did it. Yeah. Right. When I saw five uh, family members get, walk up and standing before one of you, and you have this assignment to change their family to pray for five members of the family, t- to get words from God and speak to them. I thought, God, deliver it. Go ahead, deliver it. Go ahead, do it. He did. Okay. Yeah. So how do they sign up? Where's, is there a clipboard? I'm going to be signing. Come talk to me if you can. I'm hoping to get some more people to sign up. You know, like we were just saying, yeah, we're not ready. We never feel ready. We don't have to because the Lord always shows up. Uh, when you say yes, and like I said, it's extremely powerful when we gather corporately. Uh, I mean, it's literally 24-7 worship and prayer going on. Uh, and North Heights is kingdom. the church. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's what we call the fire base. Yeah. So from there, uh, we're going out. Um, and then it's also, you know, if I can pray, um, you know, because I, I also realize that, you know, Luke 10 is so special to us as a community here. And so... Uh, pray as that? we know that we are sent ones because we've been learning uh, that yeah we are sent so yeah I was going to maybe pray just the words of Jesus here Good. quickly um, you know Jesus said uh, the harvest is truly great but the laborers are few therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field so that's our prayer Lord is just mm-hmm. release mm-hmm. More laborers out of our community, Lord, bring us together. Um, let us consecrate ourselves. Let us be living sacrifices to you, and let your kingdom and glory be released in this city, the city that we love, the city that you love even more. And you want to do this, and you want to use us, so let us humbly say yes and okay. sign up with Dave. 
Okay. Was that part of the prayer or that after the prayer? Yeah, I don't right. know. Okay. So we'll go after them. Natalie, who was a part of our community, Natalie Ballinger, and then went down to IHOP. Pardon? You said it right. I did. Yeah, yeah, that's tricky. Okay, I didn't know it was tricky. I guess <laughs> I didn't is. know. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> she is the talented one. She's artistic. She's a dancer. She's got a lot of gifts, and she's using them to bless the Lord. And IHOP, what are you doing? Yeah, well, um, before I start, could I ask a question about twin Love Twin Cities? So, well, either one, whoever has the answer. But um, when you sign up with you, what um, can you sign up for just one um, prayer set? Or do you need to sign up for a number of prayer sets at a good time? Question. Or evangelism so outing? Yeah, so signing up, that's a really good question, thank you. Um, so signing up is just, is just you're signing up all you're doing and then you're going to get the emails afterwards and you're and then from there you're going to sign up for a training session we've got four training sessions that are super awesome you'll learn how to you'll learn god's heart for the outreach and you'll learn how to basically preach the gospel and all that stuff it, uh, so you awesome get trained training. yeah you, you, That's yeah cool. exactly Good. and then you also get emails from there you sign up for specific sets we need worship leaders as well we need people sign up to be worship leaders and to be on the worship team there's 24 hours a day that is worshiping so there's lots of time mm -hmm. slots and uh yeah so after you sign up then then you'll sign up again yeah so your different outreaches of different time sets and all that stuff so you're committing to the training and then from there right. you can kind of choose your own adventure yep. about how much you yep, do absolutely. i see okay yep. okay Cool. Yeah, I want. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to ask that because I I was a part of Love New York with um, Trinity oh, yeah. Works and it was amazing. I mean, if you have any time at all, if you're questioning between yes and no, just just say yes. It's really it's it's good stuff. So anyway, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. But as far as who I am and what I'm up to. Um, Paul has graciously let me come and talk and say hello. Um, I am a Minnesota native, grew up in Apple Valley, um, and I am now, uh, well, I started off not wanting to be anywhere near the Christian bubble. I wanted to be out in the world, out in the art world, ministering to people on the fringe, people who were skeptical, and the Lord just drew me further and further into the inner court bubble, and now I work at the House of Prayer in Kansas City. <laughs> It's a very, it is, it really is, but it's really cool how the Lord will do that. He'll really make you die to your preference and, and then do something really powerful in, in that. And so, yeah, so my home base is Kansas City now. Um, I'm here in Minnesota doing a partnership development deal, but I really, I mean, that's kind of God's job, the money thing. I'm just here to connect with people, and I, he's going to take care of that part, and I get to, I get to see what he's doing in the body of Christ in the Twin Cities that I have on my heart and carry in, in Kansas City there too. So I love that there's such a partnership and there can be such a partnership in intercession between um, our two regions. You know, I, I just feel like I can't help but pray for the Twin Cities when I'm, when I'm down in KC. I'm still, you know, this is home. So, um, but my assignment is in Kansas City. So yeah, so my specific role there is that I, um, I'm on the dance team. I also sing and do music. I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm at the inner city prayer room right now, um, doing that. And I 
also am a visual artist, so they have a visual art team that you can join and um, do art in the prayer room. So, oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, and so it's, um, IHOP is, is a wonderful place. I love that they serve, I love the resource they are to the body of Christ. Um, but I think there needs to be more art there. And there's like this little door that's starting to open. And so I'm trying to kind of wedge myself in there and make it like open wider. So, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. We should talk. I'd like to just hear what the Lord's doing in, in you in art. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. I love talking to anybody who um, feels well. It, you know, whether you're an artist or not. Like, if you have a heart for the arts being redeemed and reclaimed to their rightful purpose of glorifying God and being an avenue of relationship between people and God, rather than an avenue of glorifying man and being gross, <laughs> you know, like the often do, don't they? Yeah, they well, often do glorify man more than God. Yeah, yeah, and there's a reason I think for that because the, the God created the arts around His throne. There's music, color, and movement, and so of course the enemy is going to attack powerful things. Mm. So you know, I believe that's why Hollywood and the media is just so disgusting because the enemy has worked really hard to take out one of the most powerful weapons that God has created as far as worship goes. I mean, it's worship. The arts are, are a vehicle of worship. And, um, you know, uh, you you're, yeah. This, is, this yeah. could be real revelation. This could be powerful. It could change how we think about things. It could change how we think about the arts, how we think about dance, how we think about Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, because there's some really, I mean, that stuff is supposed to be directed at heaven, like for heaven and going back to heaven. It's not supposed to be, you know, like scaring us and defiling us and all of that. You know, that's like, that's that's the enemy. That's not that's not what, what the Lord's purpose was, you know, for, for these things. And so I'm just really passionate about being a part of the reclaiming and the redeeming of it, you know, and I think that, yeah, yeah. I think I so. I bet, you, I bet you, you, when you get in that room, that war room, you really yeah. Fight, yeah. There's a there's a war in the in the heavens with with these things for sure. It's worth yeah. It. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. some of you would like to stay in touch with Natalie. Do you have Do you have something you can pass around? I do. Um, if you want to stay in touch with her, if you want to gift to her, you're welcome to gift her. She yeah. wouldn't mind that. She wouldn't argue with you. I wouldn't say no. I want to pray together. some kind of artistic ability. I said the other day, for the first time in my life, I'm an artist because I like landscaping and I it's can make things art. look nice. I can make things look beautiful. And so I claim that for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm artistic. Mm -hmm. I used to say, I can't draw, I can't, I can't doodle. <laughs> but I can make a place look beautiful. I'm an artist. Is anybody else yeah. an artist? Can I say something about that, Paul? I would argue that every single person is an artist because every single person is a worshiper. And, you know, even <coughs> someone who has those outward-looking artistic gifts, like when I'm doing my art, whether it's dance or music or painting, 
what makes it worth anything is that it's blessing, it's impacting people, you know, and that it takes the, the interaction of the other people to make it even worth something. So really, you know, and that is worship. That's like the, the dynamic that's going on there. It's You're inspiring. It's a powerful thing. Yeah, You're it's a, a deep I'd connection. Like you to pray that. Okay. Because yeah. that uh, this really is this really is powerful. It, it's impactful. So, do you agree that if you're a worshiper, you're an artist? Any, any, anybody disagree with that? Anybody want to want to argue that? Okay, no one wants to. Not do afraid that. of an okay. argument. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so let's pray that our worship will be artistic and our art will be worshipful, mm. and that we will be people who love art. And we can help what you are doing is to recover, reclaim yep. for the people of God what we kind of sold to uh, our yep. culture yep. and we need to reclaim it. That's, yep. that's really powerful. That's mm -hmm. really important. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead. You yeah. pray and I'll pray for you. Okay. Um. Father, I thank you for this congregation of your kids who love you and who you love. And God, the, you've shown us through your word that the main thing on your heart is partnership. You could just do all this stuff yourself. We could be puppets, but that's not how you set things up. You set this up to be a relationship. You set up your throne room to be a relationship. The, the seraphim cry, the elders fall down, the people cry out hallelujah. It's a, it's a relationship. With the color and the movement and the music, it's all a relationship. And so, God, I ask that you would help us to um, to be, would you give us revelation of um, how we can partner with you in recovering what's rightfully ours and yours that's been abdicated to the enemy, um, this, this powerful, um, these powerful tools that you've given us to connect with you, to be strengthened in our relationship with you and to give you glory. Mm -hmm. God, we ask that you would help us to see where we should pray and um, just how we should hold our hearts about, mm -hmm. about the arts, that we would intercede for Hollywood. We would, we would intercede for our nation and our culture that, um, you know, that it wouldn't have to um, be, you know, just just pictures that have a, have a Jesus stamp on them, but that your heart would be in it, that there could be the Jesus stamp pictures and there could be the things that, um, that proclaim you by the spirit as well as by the word and by the image. And um, so, God, I just would, I ask that you would bless each person here, that you would um, heal places in their heart where maybe they've um, pulled back from any way of worshiping you that you have invited them into. Um, I need that for myself. God, I ask that you would give us freedom and joy, that you would remove shame, that you would uh, just give us peace and joy and freedom in, in worshiping you, whatever it sounds like, whatever it looks like, um, that we wouldn't be bound by the, um, our own judgment of ourselves and uh, because, Lord, you're um, like parents love their kids' crayon pictures when the parent could probably draw better. Lord, you love it. You put our stuff on your fridge. And so, God, I ask that you just give us that revelation and help us to see how important um, our hearts being directed toward you, how important that is, and how we can change our culture because you want to do it through partnership.
And Father, I bless these ones and ask that you'd strengthen them and give them joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Extend your hand toward Natalie. We thank you, God, that you've given her this important assignment. We have come, even in these moments, to recognize the importance of this assignment. And we pray that you would honor her heart. You've already created her. You've gifted her. She is talented because she is a daughter. And she reflects that back to you. And we thank you that worship is art and art is worship. And we want to put those two words together more often in this room as she is doing it in her room and the places of influence. We pray that you would give her more influence. Extend the influence of this word. May it go out beyond what she thought she could have because she is filled with your spirit and she is carrying the kingdom within her. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you hang around afterwards? Yes. She can hang around if anyone want to talk to her or get her prayer. That would be can wonderful. Can I ask her prayer for something specific? Something quick? specific? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I love working for the House of Prayer because I'm sowing into a resource that strengthens the rest of the body. But I also love that God gave me this assignment because I get to practice my skills while blessing people. And then I get to eventually take them out of the prayer room into prophetic evangelism. And I'm going to be doing that um, the end of June. Um, I My people group that I minister to specifically, well, I have a few, I guess, with artists and skeptics. But one is the um, is a New Age festival. Um, called the the Rainbow Gathering. It's really, like, it's really grassroots and yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there's yeah, there's no electricity, no money allowed. It's supposed to be no alcohol. Tons of drugs. Um, they're there to pray for peace. And really, like, I shouldn't be. In one way, I shouldn't be sarcastic about it because they're actually real hearts that are really hungry and searching. And that's. Yeah. That's the best they've found. They've actually been deceived, and it's kind of our job to go undeceive them, <laughs> tell them the truth, you know? So, yeah, so I'll be um, joining. There's an, there's Christians around the nation that, that kind of have a heart for this group of people, and we sort of gather. It's in a different national forest every summer. A tribal council decides where it's going to be, and uh, so then the Christians just kind of go where they decide. And this year it's going to be in the northeast, uh, probably Vermont, New Hampshire, upstate New York, but they won't tell us till two weeks before because they don't want the, the park rangers to get beefed up so that there's lots of law there. So I could go on about the, <laughs> the, the weirdness of it, but bless their hearts. We need them in the body of Christ. Like when they become Christians, they are rocking Christians. I mean, they know, they understand community. They understand giving of themselves. Um, they understand worship. I mean, for real, you know, so, uh, Anyway, I, I would appreciate prayer covering. Here's a real funny, quick story. I wrote an article for a Christian magazine on New Age and how we could connect with them and build bridges with them. They paid me for the article and said we can't publish it because they said it's too controversial. But they paid me anyway. They said this, w this wouldn't work. So thank you for sharing with us. This is, this is really good, really good. Yeah, okay. June, the weekend of June 25th. Okay, Mr. Jacob, come on up here. You're going to get a standing ovation before you, before you talk. 
There it is right here. He's <laughs> he just stood. Oh, that's the ovation. You are Jacob. Yes. That's two standing. Yeah. <laughs> two ovations. Okay. I'm blessed. He is going to be heading out and going to uh, northern Minnesota and Canada and South Dakota. Mm -hmm. um, well, my first trip is to the Cheyenne River Reservation. I'm leaving next week or this oh. week technically. Um, and then I'll just be up in Grand Portage and uh, down in Yankton and just along the North Shore. Just ab all the reservations along the northern half of the state is where I'll be. So Meeting with any chiefs? Uh, one. Where? Uh, her name is uh, Chief Irma, and she's on the White Earth Reservation. So if you think of it, be praying that, that the Lord continues to use her as in, in a powerful way. She's already accepted the Lord and is proclaiming his goodness. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So let's pray uh, for his word for us tonight. Father, we thank you that Jacob has said yes. He didn't say maybe. He said yes. He didn't know all that he was getting into. We don't know it at the front end. We get it little by little, and you're revealing to him. You're revealing to him. You're speaking to him as you're willing to speak to all of us. You're speaking your word to him because he wants to put it out there. And we bless him as he goes on these extended trips and then comes back and reports. We bless him tonight as he shares your word with us. We want to be impacted, so we say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. Well, it is good to be speaking in front of all of you again. I was so blessed the last time I was able to share. And um, I was just even so blessed by worship, too. Just even, Nate, that song you sung um, about humility was just, like, so, like, on point with what I just really believe, what the Lord was encouraging me to share with tonight. And um, I, I just was so, you know, I just really felt the Lord just even just, like, fall upon, you know, this place just almost in a fresh way as we were seeking him together so good don't you love worship it is so good i love it so much i also love vitamin water which is why <laughs> i brought some but um but seriously like it, it is so intimate and so good when the lord just comes and impacts your heart in a fresh way i love it um but i want to just start off by sharing uh a word and kind of a vision that the lord gave me probably a few months ago um and I was actually kind of here when I got it. And it kind of just started off with I was walking in this field and I walked up to this forest. And as I started to walk into the forest, it was like almost like the branches and like the like the limbs of the trees almost were trying to like reach in and like snag my clothing. It's like it was trying to like tear me off. And like it was almost like like the forest itself was like trying to consume me. 
and I looked up because I didn't know where to go. I was on a path, but I was like being pulled off of it. And I saw the Lord reach down like with this ax and he put it in my hand and he said, I want you to swing and clear the brush in these areas and you'll be able to get through. And that was the first half of the vision. And I was able to do it. You know, I felt like in, in the vision, the Lord was saying, as long as you keep your eyes on me and as long as you swing where I instruct you to swing, you're going to get through the forest and you're going to continue to go on the path. Um, so as I exited the forest, it's almost like the Lord picked me up and it was like a flashback of the exact same like vision that I just had. And this time I was going into the forest and the same stuff was happening and the Lord still reached down with the axe. But this time I didn't keep my eyes on him. I just swung where I felt like I should swing. And it was almost like when I hit a piece of the brush, it would like pop out of the ground like 10 times stronger and like snag an even bigger piece of clothing off of me. And I was like literally entangled in the thick of like the wood. And I really believe what the Lord was saying to me through this was that he had given me and equipped me with the tools to, to make it through the forest. The forest represented a distraction from the enemy. It was, I was on the path and I was going somewhere that the Lord had instructed me to go. And there was this forest trying to ensnangle me and distract me from where the Lord wanted to take me. And when I didn't keep my eyes on him, and when I swung where I decided that I felt was best, when I relied on my own understanding, the force itself consumed me and I wasn't able to get out. And I just remember feeling this feeling of such hopelessness, like there is no way that I'm going to get out of this situation, you know, and, and I, then the Lord, it's like he picked me up and tore me out of like the brush and like the, the snare and, and the thistles and set me on the path again and brushed me off. And I just really felt like the Lord was saying that it's almost like the same thing that applies to, to all of us here. We all have a place where God has called us to go. We all have places and areas where the Lord has instructed us, I want you to go here. And the enemy is going to try to do everything that he can and in his power to distract you. The good thing is the Lord has equipped us with the tools to fight off the distraction of the enemy and, and to continuously seek his face. But I just really feel like almost a word of encouragement from the Lord is that in this feeling of hopelessness and in that feeling of hopelessness that I felt and after the Lord picked me up out of the brush and set me on the path, I just felt this shower of his love wash over me. It was like those mistakes that I had made and those things that I thought the Lord will never forgive me of this. I deliberately went against what he was saying and took my own way. But it, it was he didn't scold me. He didn't, you know, slap me on the hand and said, you know, you terrible son. He picked out the, like the, the little tags one by one and sent me on my way right back in the right direction. And I just felt like the Lord was saying that for some of you here that you felt like that you have are, are out of reach of God's mercy. There's been a situation in your life where you feel like the Lord can't forgive you because you're too far gone. But even when we were in worship, I just saw a picture of people running 
Like they were running away from the Lord because they thought there was no chance for them. And it was almost like those cartoons with those really long arms that never end. It was like the Lord had an arm like that and it was reaching continuously. And I saw him like scooping groups of people and bringing them back to himself. And I just really felt like he was encouraging me to share with you that you can never outrun his love. You never can. As fast as you run, as hard as you run, you can never escape the love of the Father because it's always there. It's always there to scoop you back and bring you back when you have those those feelings of hopelessness. So what I just want us to do for like two or three minutes is if you feel like you're in that situation, if we could just break into groups just into like two or three, and if there's anyone there who's feeling like, you know, you're just distant from the Lord or that you have something in your life that has kept you separated, um, we, I just really feel like we're supposed to pray into that and the Lord restoring those those holes and those like little prickles that the enemy has snagged you with and just really allowed the Lord to wash over us with his love. So if we can just pray into that and break up into groups of two or three, share with one another, and then we'll get back together in a couple minutes. when you're pursuing after the Lord there's almost this feeling of God will you know almost like turn his back on you and the situation that you're in because you feel like that that there's no hope for you um, but I just really felt like reiterating that and um, the verse that that came to mind and just almost the portion of scripture um, was the prodigal son so if anyone has their Bible does anyone want to read Luke 15, verses 20 through 24, if anyone has that. <coughs> yeah, go ahead. So he got up and went to his father. Well, he was still a long way off. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. Threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy for this thing. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and, and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son was the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost. Thanks, Kansas. I just really, I was reading over that over and over and over again, and I just felt like tonight that the Lord was just, this was meant for, for some of us just listening here tonight, that, you know, just a quick few answers. 
you know, if you're the, you're the prodigal son, right, and you're coming home and you've spent all of your money, you've spent your inheritance, there's nothing left, and you're feeling kind of lousy because instead of eating at a table, you've just eaten with a bunch of pigs, all right? So you just feel kind of lousy on that regard. So how, what, what do you think the prodigal son's mentality was coming back to his father's house? Anyone? Happy? Not a son. Shame, not worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go back to my dad. If my dad gave me sixty bucks for the weekend and I spent it all on, it's like it's almost like if my dad says, "Jake, here's sixty bucks for gas for the weekend," and I come back Friday night with a new Xbox One game, <laughs> and then come back that morning and say, "I need another sixty dollars for gas money." I'm not going to feel really care, you know, comfortable doing that. So I feel like there was, there's like what others were saying, but there's this sense of shame and dejection. And what the father could have totally been like, you idiot. <laughs> like, seriously, you had this, I'm guessing for that time period, this huge amount of money, and you wasted it all on this foolish, wasteless material things that, that will never get you anywhere. But look, what, but look what happens in verses 20 through 24. It's like the exact opposite of what, almost probably what the son was thinking himself. There's not any scolding. There's no spankings, thank goodness. Uh, there's a celebration. And I really believe that, that that's almost like the word of the Lord almost for us tonight too is for those of you who are, you know, seeking the Lord or in a in a place or season of your life where, you know, you feel like you, you have just are completely lost and you feel like that you've just completely wasted the things that God has given you, I just am encouraging you to let you know that when you come back into his presence, there's not going to be, you know, this brutal punishment. It's going to be, can you stand up for a sec? It's going to be and embrace like this. And there's going to be all the fear and all the shame and all the dejection is going to be washed off because we have a... Yeah. Yeah, thanks for volunteering, by the way. Yeah. But but I just felt like that is... That almost like for the vision that I had and, and translating that, I just feel like even like the love of the Father is so real that you can't escape it. And I really believe that for some of you, you're going to experience that in a deeper way. You know, in, in this season of your life, the Lord is going to hold you in this embrace, and it's going to be the tightest embrace that you've ever experienced. It's unshakable. Trust me, I've been there. After I graduated high school, I, I was like, I, there's no way that God is ever going to, you know, use me in any kind of way, or he's never going to give me anything because I totally squandered everything he gave me. But, in fact, I thought from a point of having nothing, there's been nothing but increase. And it's because the Lord is you know he's been so faithful in just giving gifts not because he has to but it's because he wants to and that's kind of what i'm going to move into with stewardship um and i just really believe that who knows that we serve you know a father who loves to give good gifts right you know he's always equipping us and you know whether it's tongues or prophecy or healing you know that's a gift from the lord to you you know and it's something that really um, I just felt the Lord highlighting because 
in the vision I had, that was what the axe was. It was a gift from the Lord to me of him equipping me, you know, and sending me out. So just something highlighting um, of that, just a small testimony. Oftentimes I'd, I'd get, you know, words of knowledge um, and I just would share because I felt like, um, you know, it was something where I could, you know, make myself feel better. I mean, I still felt like the Lord was prompting me to share it, but I was just, I wasn't really meditating on the word the Lord had given me, and I wasn't really meditating on on the things that he was showing me. I would just kind of be at a meeting, and I would just feel like, oh, share this, and it would apply to someone, but it was coming out of a mentality of me, you know, elevating myself, and me, you know, elevating to make myself feel better, thinking that if I share this word and make this other person feel better, that's going to fill something in me that, that, that's a hole that's been there. Um, and just even the verse, we're, not, we're just going to kind of not even look at it, but it's Matthew uh, 25, 14, and thir- 14 through 30, and it's the, the parable of the, the talents. Um, and just running over it real quick, is, you know, you have the master who gives the talents to his servants. I think, was it five, three, and one or something like that? And, um, you know, with the first two, they took the talents and they invested them and they multiplied. But the last servant had the one talent, and what did he do? He buried it. And I felt like the Lord was highlighting this specifically for all of us because there's ways that he's going to be equipping us, but... And and as far as operating, you know, whatever the gift the Lord has given you, whether it's prophecy or healing or speaking in (laughs) tongues, it's something that's meant to be used every day. You know, I thought to myself that, oh, if I use it, you know, once a week or once every two weeks or a couple times here or there, that's really going to satisfy, you know, and and I'm going to be able to walk in deeper power and authority. But that wasn't the case. It's. I feel like the Lord has been saying and just highlighting that, you know, there's going to be seasons of your life where you're going to be walking in your gifts, you know, more frequently than others, or you may be using them more frequently. But it comes down to the core of every day walking in that gift and stewarding it. And whether it's spending time in prayer or spending time in intercession, spending time going out and praying for people and maybe even prophesying over people. You know, it's something where... The core of it is where you're seeking the Lord and meditating on it. He's sending you out and equipping you. And at the same time, you're taking that and translating it into meditation and prayer and intercession and digging it into his word. So I just felt an encouragement to share every day. You know, every day I know it's a challenge. You know, I would start off with just, I think it was like five minutes before I went to bed. You know, if I got into one psalm, you know, or if I spent five minutes in prayer, that was, you know, I felt, you know, that that feeling of satisfaction. But now it's to the point where I'm aiming for, you know, 30 minutes or an hour. You know, it's almost that desire of your heart as you continue to see the, the Lord equipping you and sending you out. It's like there's this desire to continuously walk into his presence. So... Two last quick things that I just want to touch on before we wrap everything up here is the first is just kind of understanding the Lord's faithfulness. 
um, it's almost like if I'm rock climbing with Costa and we're on the edge of this cliff and I was like, I'm going to go get some food and use the bathroom. You know, if I'm supposed to be his lifeline, I'm saying I'm going to go get some snacks for us and completely drop the slack and just leave him there hanging by the cliff. How, how do you think he's going to feel about that? Or Costa, how would you feel? Yeah, not to plummet to your death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, but he, the yeah, and it's like, but he's not gonna feel, you know, it's probably in his mind he's thinking, this dude is, go he's supposed to be supporting me, and he's going off to get pizza. It's kind of, are you gonna feel a little bit forsaken there, a little bit, you know, <laughs> you know, that that there's that there's no, you know, one there. Yeah, pizza over life. Yeah, <laughs> but um. Uh, something that the Lord was just highlighting, even when I was driving in, I just really felt like for some of you here tonight that you have been in an area where it's just been dry. I even saw like this desert, you know, and people like almost like walking in a circle in this desert and the, like the heat was coming down and you were feeling dehydrated and there was no water in sight and you were looking up to the Lord almost is like, you know, where are you? You know, because it's just, I feel like there's there's this season of dryness that you guys have been experiencing for some of you here tonight. But I just saw the Lord pick you up and take you out of the desert and put you into this oasis. And I really believe that the Lord is saying that he's seen the cry of your heart and he's seen the, the, the sufferings and the things you've had to experience. And he's going to take you from a season of dryness into a season of bountifulness, meaning that you may have felt like that you haven't experienced anything from the Lord of, of favor or whether it's in finances or your family or relationships or your marriage. I just really believe that the Lord is just bringing, it's almost like this bountiful, like almost like feast slash resort. I don't even know how to describe it, but it was just like all of your needs were met. And the scripture says, you know, he will never leave you or forsake you. And when he says that, it's not, you know, it's, it doesn't say he will be by your side and then leave for a few hours and then come back to your side. Or it doesn't say he'll be by your side and leave for a couple months and then return to your side. It says he will never leave you or forsake you. And it just like, even like just the meaning of that leaving or forsaking, leaving or never leaving or forsaking, you know, it's almost like if you go into a doctor and your arm is bursting wide open with a gash and he puts one bandage around it and says, all right, come back in five months and then we'll heal the rest of it or we'll patch up the rest of it. Well, you're not going to feel, you know, helped in any way by that. If anything, it's just going to come back even worse than it was before. But that's not how the Lord operates. He takes you to a place where you're saying, God, I need you. He takes you from the place of dryness and puts you into the oasis. And I just really feel like the Lord was just wanting me to, to release that to some of you tonight because I just really believe he was saying it's going to be evident that his grace and mercy and abundance and love and provision is going to be evident in your life. And I don't know who that applies to, but I just really feel like you're going to be a walking testimony of saying, this is where I was at, and this is where I'm at now. But it's not because of anything that I did. It's what the Lord has done for me, you know, and what he's given to me. So uh, just be encouraged in that, um, and we'll, we'll pray for that.
um, in a few minutes. Um, and the very last point uh, that I wanted to um, just kind of to, to touch on before we end here um, is just the mentality of not relying on our own understanding. And really, in everything that we do, really pushing into the Lord and seeking his counsel because his ways are higher and greater than ours. And it's just almost like in the vision that I had, the second part of it, that's all I was doing. You know, I was taking the steps of how I thought it was best for me to survive. And that's kind of what our culture is, is kind of consisted of. It's, I mean, we live in a huge country with hundreds of millions of people in it, but there's, at the core of it, there's a survivalist mentality. You know, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's in your school, whether it's in your family, you're either thinking to yourself, I have to find a way to elevate myself in the workplace, or I have to find a way to survive in my school and make a way to elevate myself, whether it's conforming to the expectations of others or making whatever way possible for myself just to make it, or whether if it's in our own families of saying, our families are falling apart or my family's falling apart, I don't know where to go, I have to make my own way. You know, and that's basically, you know, in the, sit in the situation that I was in as well, you know, I felt like the Lord was, I felt like basically everything in my life was collapsing around me. You know, I didn't have work. You know, my family was being torn to shreds. You know, I was struggling, you know, with the suicide and depression. And I just wanted to give up because I was, you know, a solo act. You know, I didn't think that I needed God. And I certainly think that he, I didn't think he didn't want to, he didn't want to help me you know, in that situation. I thought, I just have to make my own way. It's like I was right here, you know, and God was way in the back of the room, kind of like in that forest area. And I was like, well, I just don't, I, I can't, I can't make it, you know. But it was in the place of me just really coming before the Lord and saying, I can't do this by myself. You know, I can't, get I can't climb the mountain if you're not pushing me up it or guiding me up it you know I can't cross the ocean unless you're blowing the wind in the sail you know and I just really think that as we continue to 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 stand before the Lord and and go into his presence and we continue to seek his face and walk in humility knowing that we don't have all the answers and we can't make it by ourselves and that it's important to remember when we lean on our own understanding we fail but when we trust in the Lord and say guide us lead us show us how to get to point from point A to point B he's gonna do it two years ago I had my life had no direction I had no idea what I wanted to do and in those two years, I can't even explain it, but, well, I can, but it's like the Lord's faithfulness and guidance and direction has opened the doors for so many different ways for me that I, it's like, it's, it was him all the way. I mean, when I was 18 years old, I didn't want to work with the Native Americans. I was like, God, I'm going to have to go out into the middle of nowhere. I'm going to have to, you know, go where... And where no one knows who I am, you know, I don't want to do this. 
and I was trying to make my own way because of how I see fit. But I just, even one day I was sitting there, I kind of argued with my parents a little bit about school, and I felt like the Lord was saying, sit with me for an hour, and I'll show you where you need to go. And I was, so I sat on my bed, and I was like, God, I'm, I'm going to put down, and I'm going to lay aside my own agenda. I'm going to put aside my own plans, and I'm going to submit them to you. And if there's somewhere you want to lead me, I'm trusting, you know, open the door for it. If there's a place you want me to go, I will walk through it. But I need the confirmation. I need to know that this is where you're calling me to go. And once, once I know, I'll go. And it's just been step after step after step after step of the Lord saying, go here. It's you're swinging the axe. You're clearing the brush. You're walking on the path. The Lord is saying, step here. And when you step, there's an area that's cleared for you because you're fully in submission unto the Lord. So I just felt like, um, if that made sense, an, an encouragement for all of you that, you know, God is so good. Seriously, he is. You know, I owe everything in my life to him. Literally, everything that I have, everything that I am, and the place I am today is because of what God has done for me and where he's led me. There is no other way. There isn't. There's, there's you know, you know, you can say that, you know, you read this book or did this or listened to this advice, but at the end of the day, it's the Lord's faithfulness. And, and I just really believe that the calling on this group in here is great. There's places where God's going to be leading all of you and taking all of you. And just continue to seek his face. Continue to press in. And you know what? And it's okay to have moments of feeling, you know, like you're stressed out and, and that you want to be done. Because there's been plenty of times I felt like that. Even last year, I was like, I, God, I want to be done. But it's like, it's like when I went back into his presence, and he's like, just keep seeking me. Keep letting me guide you. He, he's gotten me to the place where I need to be. And through that and just that discernment, I just really believe you'll be able to know, too, the season in your life that God's taking you different places. And it'll just be very evident, you know, for the places he's calling you to go. Share what you appreciated, what encouraged you, what helped you. Is that always easy to do, to put the ball in God's court? Yeah. It, sometimes it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It worked for him, didn't it, when he did it? Yeah. What else? That's a good, that's an important part of our journey, but it's yeah. tough, so, so yeah. it's a good testimony. 
I'm 71. I've never seen the five-year plan yet. <laughs> I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> what else? Yeah. That feels good, doesn't it? I've read that a hundred times, and when he when he said that, I went back and read it a couple more times. That feels so good. Far off, he ran. He's going to get scolded. He's blowing it. He doesn't get scolded. He gets a party. That's that's really powerful. Yeah, one or two more things. He's, he has influence now with First Nation tribes. God's given him influence. So he's opened up some doors for him. And he's not even 40 yet. <laughs> How old are you? 21. 21, okay. You're almost a little more than halfway there. Look at his t-shirt. Look at look at his t-shirt. Is he a conformist? What is he? <laughs> Let me give you an example. Uh, I want to share one thing with you to help you when you give your testimony. He shared some of his testimony. A young man shared on a Wednesday night at our church. It was very positive, very hopeful. 
And I asked him afterwards, I said, was it that easy? And he said, oh no, it's very difficult. I said, next time when you share that, let them know. Because he let us know. He was more believable because he said he messed up. We've all messed up. If he doesn't say he messed up, it's hard for us to believe him. But he said two different times, I messed up. Now we can believe you because he's learned to trust in God. So when you give your testimony, you don't just share the high, high parts. You can share areas where you messed up. Vulnerability releases grace. Natalie, did you want to share something? So after we pray, if you'd hang up here, be ready to pray. If people want to pray something that he talked about, if you'd be up here to pray, can you hang around for a little while, Steve, and be available if people want to receive prayer? And uh, one more person that's willing to pray for people, someone here that's willing to stand up and pray with people. Anybody want to do that? Okay. Did do, who are you calling? Who are you asking to? One of the ladies. Okay, Kansas, you are it. Okay. So, Father, we thank you for this rich evening. We thank you for the different words we've heard that came out of worship. We thank you for the invitation that we have to participate in the city and what you're doing. We thank you for the invitation to worship that includes the arts and the revelation that came that art was worship and worship is art. That's wonderful. We ask you to bless Natalie in her and what she's doing here and in raising funds and then going back to Kansas City. And we thank you for Jacob and where you're sending him during this summer and the opportunities that you will give him to share your word. We thank you for our encouragement tonight that even where we have messed up, we can say God still wants to celebrate us. He still wants to enjoy us and so let that uh, hang with us tonight and tomorrow in the days ahead that you really are much kinder than we ever thought you were you're much better you're much more generous and so we say because we carry the kingdom within our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and glory, ever and ever. Lord, bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord, look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.